Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Well, stand with me. Welcome all of you watching online. Hold your Bibles up high. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to take just a moment as you're seated. Uh, you know, Brandon was talking about his week. I received a call this past week, actually just a few days ago, that a very dear friend of mine who had served on a board with me for over 10 years, an international leadership uh, board, and uh, he had transitioned to heaven this past Wednesday. And some of you may, may remember him. He's from here. He's worship leader, Danny Chambers, passed into eternity, and uh, it's a real struggle, but we want to pray for he and his family and ask the Lord to, uh, to, to give them peace during this time. Pastored a really great church there, Oasis Church in Nashville, and uh, I just solicit your prayers for Jill and uh, the children and grandchildren. Uh, we've been doing a series entitled Good, Better, or Best, or you could say Survive, Revive, and Thrive. Uh, there are people in the, in the world who are survivors. As a matter of fact, they did a whole TV show you know, on survivors. And, you know, and um, it's always intrigued me because a lot of people live their entire lives simply surviving. And that means confronting, dealing with, addressing, uh, however you want to look at it, the difficulties of life. And, and, you know, after they get through one crisis, they go, okay, okay. We're good. We're good. We know how to do this. Another crisis. But this time, it's not again. Not again. And they live their whole lives saying, not again. Not again. And yet, they rarely do much to move beyond the crisis. Israel was continually going from crisis to crisis as a result of disobedience and disobedience. But they did learn how to survive, and in the worst of conditions, they survived. But Jesus didn't die for us to survive. He didn't just say, you know, I've come that you might have a good life. <laughs> he said, I've come that you might have an abundant life. That's why Jesus came. And living the abundant life is not because everything goes our way. Living an abundant life is because we choose to find a way or we choose to follow the way. And so it's very, very important that we not adjust our lives continually to crisis, but that we figure out why we are continually in crisis and figure out a way to move beyond that. And then there's revival, which is a result of people that said, you know, we've been in a slumber for a period of time. We want God to do something great again. In other words, they're no longer figuring out how to just simply live in the conditions or under the conditions they're in, they're saying, we know these are not the conditions set forth by God. 
And let me tell you, if you're going through something right now or you're in the middle of something, you have to realize that God is an awesome God and that he didn't just want us to learn how to adjust to horrible conditions, but how to get through them and beyond them and trust him to move miraculously once again. We are longing for that in our world today, in our nation, in our community, and even more specifically, we're longing for that in a place called Mosaic Church OKC, that we would see God do things that he's done in the past miraculously, but we're also looking for God to do things that we've never seen before. And in times like these, when there seems to be more hate and more tension than I can recall in my lifetime, I believe that it's a setup for God to do something great. I really do. And so don't lose heart. Stand strong. If you would, turn in your Bibles to uh, Proverbs chapter 11, and we've talked about good, and it's good to survive. It's good to, to, to be able to stand up under the pressures of our society, the tension and the difficulties. It's admirable, but it's not a lifestyle. It's great to believe God, to revive the passions of once-on-fire Christians who have become very nominal in their faith. And those of you watching online, it's very easy before we know it to lose our fire, our passion, our hunger for the things of God. That last song, I'm lost without you, God. I'm lost without you. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we've got it all together. It simply means, God, there's not a day that goes by in my life that that every breath I take is a result of your presence in my life. Every move I make is a result of a gift that you've given me or a presence again in my life. That we have to remember these things. And Israel constantly struggled. They, were, they, would, go, they would disobey and God would deliver them. They would disobey and God would deliver them. They were constantly in battle. I believe that there will always be tension. There will always be challenges in life. What I want to be able to do is not ask God to remove those, but to make me strong enough to go through those. Because they're going to happen. Losses happen. Difficulties happen. Terminations happen. Breakups happen. All of these things are a part of our world. And the world's not looking for a church that's perfect, that doesn't have any challenges. The world's looking at the church saying, I want to see God in you. When we get downcast, depressed, negative, always talking about problems, why in the world would the world want to come to a church that's no different than them? Because that's what's happened in the world. I've lived in the world. I've lived without God. And I realize now, looking back, that what made the church or Christians different wasn't that they were not having my problems. They weren't being challenged the way I was being challenged. They just figured out that God was bigger than the problem, and God is bigger than the challenge. And they learned how to go from surviving, and this is a mentality, to thriving. Even in the midst of difficulty, if you will, Israel going from Egypt to the promised land, they really were thriving more so than when they were in Egypt, had a place to sleep and something to eat, because for 40 years God kept feeding them, and it says their clothes didn't wear out. 
Now, you know what? Sometimes it's a matter of just re- refocusing or looking at things from a different angle and saying, you know what? Things are not near as bad as I thought they were. And you know, at the end of it all, if I were to die, you say, well, that'd be a terrible thing. Well, that depends on who you ask. If you're asking me, I wouldn't even remember you. I'd be in the presence of God. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to remember you because you're going through it right now. <laughs> I don't want to dip back down into that mess. And, and so we look at people who have gone on into heaven and we, oh, so sad. They're not the least bit sad. Now, we are because of the loss, but they're not sad. They're in the presence of God. So turn your Bibles uh, to Proverbs 11. It says, the desires, it's verse 23, of Good people lead straight to the best, but wicked ambition ends in angry frustration. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Curses on those who drive a hard bargain, blessings on those who play fair and square. This is a message Bible. Now, these are just a few tips to say, how can I thrive? Well, be a blessing. Even in the midst of your difficulty, bless others. In the midst of your anger, speak well of others. We control our destiny. We control our peace. We control our joy. We control most everything in our lives by the choices we make. We can look at adversity and we can simply go, you know, it's just adversity. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. He said, but take courage, I've overcome the world. I don't know about you, but I find great solace in promises and the promises of God. So today, we're going to go from survival or surviving or survivors, which is not again. You know, I've got to go through this again. To revival, those are the people that say, once again, God delivered us. But now, we're going to go to this place of never again. I am not going backwards. I'm not going to take a step back. I'm not going to be who I was yesterday. I'm not going to think the way I thought yesterday. Never again am I going to allow the sorrows of life, the difficulties of life, the challenges of life control my attitude about God. Very, very important. You see, you can be in the right place but have the wrong mindset. You say, well, I I know I'm in the right place, but your mindset is not right. You don't see God as the God who can do all things. Nothing is impossible with him. Nothing is too difficult for God. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. If we call on his name, he said he would answer us. So it's so important to keep the right mindset because just being in the right place is not enough because as we think in our heart so are we in Genesis chapter 8 verse 21 the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart never again will I curse the ground because of man and even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I've done we have a promise from God and never again Never again do I have to live the way I live. Do I have to live under the the shadows of of the curse? Never again do I have to fear being provided for. Never again. You say, but, 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 and then all of a sudden we start the but conversation. But, but, this is what happened. But, 
We just have to turn our hearts and minds to God. Zechariah 9.8 says, But I will encamp at my temple to guard it against marauding forces. Never again will an oppressor overrun my people, for now I am keeping watch. Never again. People who thrive have a difficult time even acknowledging adversity, difficulty, and problems. And when people come up and are very negative, and they start talking about all that's going on, and it's nothing wrong with addressing it, saying, pray for me, but if we dwell on the things that are painful, we will never thrive. We will only survive. I survived another day. I survived another death. I survived another sorrow. And all of those things are very real. Uh, but they don't have to control us. We can get up every day declaring the promises of God, which will change the way we think. I challenge you, if you say, I struggle every day, get up in the morning, and you guys know me, my, my, whole, my kids are musicians, they're keyboard players, my son, they grew up playing, and, and it's just a blessing, but, and when my oldest son, who is, he is amazing, in Seattle, uh, I, I would listen to him every day in the house playing the piano, and it was such a blessing. And, and now, everybody's, you know, all the kids are gone. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, I have no problem with secular music. I, I have no, you know, and, and the church for years burned records back in the day when they were records. It's not, music is amoral for the most part. Now, there are some music that I wouldn't even let in my house, but worship will change the atmosphere of your home. And if you don't like worship, ask yourself why you don't like it. Because when you play worship in your car, in your house, when you're listening to it, the atmosphere changes because you're glorifying the Creator. Thriving is a choice. It, it doesn't just happen. God doesn't go, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'd like for everybody to thrive, especially Mark Crow. <laughs> Though I wish he would do that. But thriving is my, my decision. It's my choice. It's your choice. It's our choice. And so thrive, to thrive means to, listen to this, grow vigorously. To gain in wealth or possessions, prosper, to progress toward or realize a goal. And in my world, we were applauded for surviving because it made us look good. We're tough. And surviving, for the most part, and don't get me wrong, and I haven't thought this totally out, but just surviving is a, an accomplishment of the flesh, almost. It's like I'm tougher than the difficulty. Well, you know what? This is not about the flesh. God doesn't want to live, us to live our lives in the flesh and be proud of our accomplishment to, to get through something on the other side of it just for a moment and say, I did it. God doesn't want us to just be, I did it, people. He wants us to be people saying, I'm doing it. I'm moving forward. I am progressing toward a goal. I am prospering. Good things are happening in my life. 
You say, well, what, what if they're not happening yet? You can fool the devil. When you get up and say, God, I want to thank you that I am prospering so much. It's unimaginable. The devil will go start beating up little demons. I thought you were assigned to Mark Crow. Why is he prospering? Well, we, well he's not. He says he is. It's so funny. You can create a protest in hell. A demonic destruction. There is a supernatural world invisible to our natural eyes, but very visible to our spiritual eyes. Do you think the devil's just going to let you walk through life unhindered, unbothered? Not a chance. But he doesn't know everything. God does. And we have to put ourselves in a position to thrive. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Perceiving takes effort. It takes action to be able to perceive something different than what you've seen. Four and a half years ago, when I started Mosaic Church, we were at a wedding venue up in Edmond called Noah's Event Venue. Some of you remember and some of you were backslidden and didn't come early enough. You ignored the fact that we were back. And one day, this guy drives up in a beat-up car, pulls in, clankety-clank, and it just basically blows up in the parking lot. He comes in, distraught. He had been strung out. He had heard me preach many years ago, but had been out of church. Gave his life to Jesus, had no job, no car, no nothing, and today he's a GM at a car dealership. Four and a half years later, he committed his life. I will not survive. I'm committed to thriving. And now he's one of our key volunteers. You say, well, what, what's special about that? He made a decision. Made a decision to make a difference in his life. Thrivers need nothing but opportunity. They simply trust God because he's God. Now, this is when you really know you're thriving is you don't even have to look back at the past. You don't even have to look back at miracles. You look to God knowing he is a miracle. And because he is, those miracles, miracles are available to us simply because he's God. Jesus said, if you can't believe in me, at least believe in the miracles I do. But his goal and desire and God's heart desire is for us to look and go, he's God. God's got this. God's got this. It's very simple. God's got this. Now, in our natural way of thinking, it, we don't say it's simple. In our natural way of thinking, we're fighting through, oh, God, I don't know how we're going to get through this. But in our spirit, man, we can look and say, you know what? All I have to do is read the Bible, and I can promise you, my problems don't even compare to Elijah, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah. The list goes on. 
couple million people in the wilderness. So, well, it was just a million men and their families. So some people think it was just a million, but it was more than a million that were out there. And many of them did not enter because they didn't have a thrival mindset. They were still in Egypt. In their minds, they were still in Egypt. They had not forgotten the past. They were living in the past. They were hanging on to the few nuggets of good, not even better, and certainly not best. And many people, including believers and people of faith, simply settle for good. Well, I got a good job. I don't want a good job. I want the best job. I don't want to just get by. I want to say bye-bye to the past. It's my choice. Listen to this. At one time, I worked with a group of people. This is not my story, somebody else's story. In the home improvement industry, represented, representative uh, from 20 different organizations who met quarterly to share their numbers and problems in an uninhibited way. This was during a time of heavy recession. and The negative impact on this particular industry was even heavier than on the economy in general. These people were fairly discouraged as we began to talk. After two days of studying their plight and their future and the business, even becoming more depressed, they decided that things were going to get worse before they got better. Boy, how many times you ever heard that? Well, they're going to get worse before they get better. It's always darkest before the dawn. It's fixing to get so spiritually bright, you better get sunblock. So on the third day, we decided to focus on the proactive question, what is our response? What are we going to do? How can we exercise initiative in a time of depression, recession, in this situation? In the morning... We talked about managing and reducing costs. In the afternoon, we discussed increasing market share. We brainstormed with both areas and then concentrated on several very practical, very doable things. A new spirit of excitement, hope, and proactive awareness concluded the meetings. At the very end of the third day, we summarized the results of the conference in a three-part answer to the question, how's business? Now, get this. They go from talking about all the problems and they decide we're going to become proactive. Now, before I read the rest of this to you, let me tell you what that looks like in the kingdom of God. People who say, man, I I don't think I can help anybody. I'm just so down and, you know, I'm not really that gifted. I'm not that talented. Let me explain something to you. Anybody can serve. I don't have anything to offer anybody. Do you know how awesome it is to be able to walk into a building without having to open a heavy door? When I was a youth pastor, I used to tell my kids, when I'm having a tough day, I just go to the supermarket and go in front of those electronic doors just to feel the power. I said, open, and it does. There are crazy things that we do to put our minds in the right place for God to do what only God can do. But you have to put your mind there. You have to put your mind to it. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. About every Sunday, I'm on the front row looking up at this incredible worship team going, God, how in the world did you send me all of these wonderful, gifted, talented people? 
have to understand, these guys could be playing at the Crystal Cathedral if it was still in existence. They're that good. They could play anywhere, and they are at Mosaic Church OKC. I'm always blown away every Sunday when I see these awesome group of people, men and women, that God has gifted, and he put them right here for you and for you watching online in your pajamas. You got a little something right there. Okay, so anyway, part one, what's happening to us is not good. And the trends suggest that it will get worse before it gets better. That's number one. Number two, they came to the conclusion, but what, what we are causing to happen, this is renewed energy, is very good, for we are better managing and reducing our costs and increasing our market share. And third, therefore, business is better than ever. Now, you go from day one crying in your beer or your milk, depending on who you are, to at the end of it all saying, we're better than ever. We're at our best. I read this to you a couple of weeks ago, Second Kings 7. It says, now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say, we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we'll die. And if we stay here... We will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. These guys went from simply surviving outside the walls of the city that they had been moved to because of their leprosy, left outside to die, at best survive. And finally, they wake up and say, you know what? If we stay here, we're going to get the same results. We're just going to sit out here and die. So they began to move toward the enemy's camp, and the Bible says as they got closer, the Arameans heard what sounded like a mass army coming toward them, and they fled, leaving all of the food and gold and everything they had left there, and these four lepers come dragging in. And they discovered all that was left, And they didn't stay there and hoard it. They went back to the city to tell them what they had found. These are thrivers. They said, we're done surviving. We're done sitting outside the gate waiting on somebody else to do something for us. We're going to get up and do something ourselves. And we are going to believe that good things are going to happen. Our best is ahead. We may be in a pandemic now, but the devil once again has overplayed his hand. And I'm telling you, our best days are ahead. Just don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Thrivers see risk as worthwhile. There was one survey done, surveying the elderly, and the number two response by those who were up in their years, at the end of their life, and they just wanted to ask them, what would you do differently? How many times have we, you know, it's like Brandon was talking about his granddad telling him what to do. There's a lot of wisdom in those closing years that has come to those who are about to transition 
And the number two response was, I would take more risk. You see, most people value this temporal life more than eternal life. It's not the year or the age we transition. It's what we've done with the life before we transition. Have you really given it your all? Have you said, you know what, at the end of my life, it's the best. It's the best. Not how are you doing? Good. Any of you that know me often hear my response when somebody says, how are you? I say, I'm good enough to be twins. Because one of me cannot contain all the good that's going on. I'm richly blessed, highly favored, empowered to prosper, walking in divine health, going from glory to glory and victory to victory. But with you praying for me, I'm bound to get outstanding. And you say, but you just got a speeding ticket, and I notice your car has a dent in it. That doesn't determine how good I am. That's just stuff. Best is in here, not out there. Best is right here. You get to be the best. And if somebody looks and says, but, but you've gone through every, all this stuff and all this bad things, man. yeah, God's awesome. And because he's awesome, I know, I know that what's behind door number three when that opens, it's for me. Just keep standing. When you've done all you can to stand, stand firm. And you know, it's very hard for a carnal mind to even comprehend what I'm sharing with you today because we are so moved by what we see instead of what we believe. If we really believe Jesus Christ is Lord, nothing will be impossible. not in my notes but I had this thought turn to the most fabulous book in the Bible Mark it's kind of one of those things that make me, makes me feel good you know what I'm saying I tell you the truth Mark eleven twenty three. If you ever really want to be inspired by reading the Bible, read the book of Mark. And read it every day. It's powerful. Tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for me or for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now... Religious people hate Scripture like that because they say, well, it doesn't really mean that. <laughs> it's like, why not? Because, you know, I've been saying things for a long time, and it's not happened yet. Well, knucklehead, it might have happened tomorrow if you'd have kept saying it. I'm sorry, not really, but... Knucklehead applies in so many places. Never again 
allow yourself. This is thrivers say, never again will I allow myself to go there. Never again will I doubt. Never again, never again will I encounter and be overcome. I am an overcomer. was not born to be overcome. The possibility of failure comes with the territory when you invest your resources in any true risk. If you have learned how to downhill ski, you will know the meaning of the ski instructor's quip. If you're not falling, you're not learning. If any of you, I've skied, trust me. The first day I ever skied in my life, I didn't think I would move. I was so used to water skiing, and it was totally, snow skiing was a totally different movement, and I just had a hard time, and I paid the price until finally I realized, I will get this. And I'm going to tell you something, I fell more times than I could count. I kept getting up. you got to keep getting up. If you lay down, you're simply a survivor. I'm alive. I survived. But when you get up and say, it ain't going to beat me, you just keep on going. You become a thriver. Many of the individuals we consider greatly successful, Walt Disney and his string of bankruptcies, for example, failed miserably numerous times. Sochiero Honda, founder of Honda Motors, said many people dream of success. To me, success can only be achieved through repeated failure and introspection. In fact, success represents the 1% of your work, which results only from the 99% that is called failure. Very few people unacquainted with pain or of failure ever will know the joy of true success. You get to choose. Every day when challenges come, difficulties, opposition, failures, risks, whatever it is, remember that nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. This is a short part of who we are. This life as we know it is just very brief, but eternity is forever. And if you think about it in those terms, it changes, I think, how we approach life every day. This is a moment in time. And I get to choose today how I, how I live, how I think, how I believe, what I do, how I respond, how, do I, how I react. Keep getting up. And don't say, wow, let me talk about how strong I am, how tough I am. No, let's talk about how strong he is and how great he is and how tough he is. Because survivors talk about what they've done. Thrivers talk about what he's done and what he's going to do. Let's be thrivers today. Let's live life not good, not better. Let's live the best life right now. Let's pray.
Father, thank you so much that you've given us the power, the strength, and your Holy Spirit to live life to the full. So today, God, I ask you to give us strength, faith, clarity of mind. We may be in the right place, but Lord, may our mind also be there and our mindset be in the right place. In Jesus' name, let's keep our heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to pray for those of you that have never received Christ or you have been beat up, beat down, and walked away. and You need to walk back into that relationship. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to suffer and die for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I call on your name. Therefore, as your word states, I am saved. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or to recommit your life to a relationship with Jesus, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.